0: Good morning. I told him in the first service, I said, usually when I get up here and start talking, the audio visual booth starts running for the volume control. <laughs> but uh, hopefully, I won't blast you out too bad. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Chris Mhoff and my wife Connie and I are part of the uh, Engage 1 8 team here at Greenville Oaks. And you may say, Engage 1 8, what is this guy talking about? And uh, we talked about in our last meeting that maybe we hadn't done as good a job as we needed to in uh, talking about Engage 1 8, but we'll do a little word association. Missions Committee equals Engage 1-8. So if you hear Engage 1-8, that's what we call our Missions Committee. Engage being Engaging People, and 1-8 coming from Acts 1-8, where Jesus said that you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and throughout the to the ends of the earth. So we're going to take this Sunday and then the following two Sundays to focus in a little more on missions. And obviously, it's not like, well, we focus on missions in April and then we're good to go for the year, but... It's just kind of our time that we focus in a little bit more. You may have noticed in the bulletin that we're going to have our special missions contribution. It's our annual contribution. It's going to be two weeks from today on the 21st. And those funds are what we use for the entire year. And so basically don't worry about giving too much. Somebody said, well, what are we going to tell them if they they say, well, what if we give more than you need? Well, it's kind of like your household budget. I don't know too many people who say, I've got too much money. I'm not sure what to do with it. I mean, there may be a few people out there, but if your budget's like mine, it's like there's never enough time or money to go around. So we've got plenty of things planned for next year, so we're just asking for everyone's participation. So I'll just give you a quick little brief of kind of what we've got planned for next year. Uh, Next week in the adult Bible classes, though, we're going to have a presentation, so we'll be reviewing our uh, mission works in a lot more detail, so please uh, plan to attend one of the mission, uh, the uh, classes next week, so you can get a little bit more detail, but first of all, you know, sometimes we want to jump right to, boy, we're going to have mission trips, we're getting ready to do this, we're getting ready to do that, and say, wait a minute, you know, the first thing we need everyone to do is to pray, pray for our missions, pray, ask God how he wants to use you, you know, you say, God, how, how do you want me to, to work in the mission of God into your mission in your kingdom. So be in prayer about this. Be in prayer about your contribution in two weeks. Be in prayer about how God can use you. We're going to have a two short-term mission trips, and we're also going to have some youth mission trips. Uh, this next year we're going to be going back to Regina, Saskatchewan. That's one of our mission points, if you're not familiar with that. Basically say, where is that in the world is that? So if you head out of Dallas and go straight north over across into Canada, you pretty much almost kind of run into Regina. It's right there in that general vicinity. So we have uh, Kevin Vance is our uh, missionary there in that church plant. He's actually going to be preaching next week. And then the following week, uh, Caleb Beck from our missionary from Rwanda is going to be preaching. I'm going to take a moment to pause here and ask uh, Caleb and Jenny to stand. Uh, If you don't know them, please... uh, Please stop by and talk to them if you haven't run into them yet. Uh, If you don't think it takes a... A special heart for god and, and a strong faith to pick up your family and move to africa you know think again the other day connie and i were looking to see how our missions in the, on the website was looking so we were clicking around in there we came across the little section we have on caleb and jenny and connie was reading that and she looked over at me and she said it takes special people to do that and i said i know so it's a very special family we do appreciate your work there and uh, please help us express our thanks to caleb and jenny and they're going to be around here for a while. They're on furlough. I think you guys are heading back in July sometime. So be making some trips out to Lubbock and back. So, but they'll be around. So this isn't your last Sunday, but don't procrastinate too long. Or sometimes, you know what happens, they're gone. And you think, man, I was going to talk to them. So we have uh, mission, short-term mission trips. And uh, if you've never been on one of those, I would ask that you would prayerfully consider going. Uh, I have to warn you, though, if you go and you've never been on one before, it'll probably change your life. I was sitting in uh, Maxwell Avenue Church, Christ, Ardmore, Oklahoma, right around New Year's Day on 1995, and our youth minister was talking about a trip that they had taken to Ukraine the prior year, how they had baptized 1,200 people. Yeah, it was 1,200. They would baptized 1,200 people, and all the excitement, and they would—you could just tell it just had changed this guy's life. And he said, "Anybody wants to go, you know, let us know, and we'll see if we can can put you in there." So I just looked over at Connie. We're pretty spontaneous people, and I said, "Let's go." And she, you know, Connie, she's quite the trooper. She says. Okay, let's do it. And uh, make a long story short, our lives have never been the same. I mean, that's why I'm standing in front of you today talking about missions. And uh, I know people that have been on them. I see Marie shaking her head. Uh, people that have been on those mission trips know what that's about. We have so many of our congregation, uh, young people that are out there in the world today. Galen's going to show you a little map where we've got people from this congregation around the world. And if you could track back what got them started, most of them are going to track back to... I went on a short-term mission trip somewhere. So I can't underestimate the, uh, can't understate the importance of those things. So please uh, be in support of that. Uh, maybe if you can't go, maybe you can help plan it, maybe some logistics or whatever. There's lots of changed lives. We had the aimers here, I guess, a week and a half ago, part of the AIM program, Adventure and Missions, which uh, uses the youth. And uh, we support a young lady named Peyton Norris out of this congregation. And uh, I asked, was asking the whole group. I said, "What? how would you get interested in the wh- name? Why are you over there? And when I got around to Peyton, she said, you know, that first trip that I took to Regina did it. So, you know, it's those things like that that we're trying to change lives. And uh, the Engage 1-8 mission is to plant churches and to raise up missionaries. Now, we know God raises up the missionaries, but we just help facilitate that. And that's all we do in the Engage 1-8 team. We just help facilitate God's work here. And Galen's going to also show you a slide of all the Engage 1-8 members. So please, if you run across any of them, just, you know, tell them thanks. They don't do it to get a pat on the back. They do it because they love God, but a little encouragement never hurt anyone. So the other thing we'll be doing in uh, continuing our mission works, I mentioned uh, Rwanda, and Kigali, Rwanda. We have the Becks there, Uh, and I did mention Kevin and Lisa Vance are uh, in Regina, Saskatchewan, that mission work, and Marcus Womble is in Ukraine. So that's kind of what we call our bigger, longer-term missions, and then our short-term mission trips. AIM is basically in the other bucket. So our goal for the 21st, be in prayer, is we want to raise $155,000. Roughly half of that goes to our, what we call again, the world, worldwide type mission work, and the other half goes to our short-term mission trips, our youth mission trips, and uh, those kinds of opportunities. So anyway, without any further ado, I'm going to turn this over to uh, Galen, and I pray that God bless you. Thank you.
1: Good morning. Thanks, Chris. Good morning. Okay, come on. This is second service. Good morning. Yeah. Okay, glad you're here. Glad you're here. I'm. I'm uh, this has been quite interesting because we did first service. I was over there. I did it there in the in uh, the others. I don't. What do we call that? Encounter. The encounter service. Now I'm back over here. So, uh, man, it's uh, it's exciting. Um, what I want to do is is I kind of want to. Uh, share with you the, the vision of the Engage 1-8 and just kind of develop that. Because most of us, um, when you hear Engage 1-8, you kind of go, well, what, what is that? Um, but if you open your Bibles, uh, Chris alluded to this, but if you open your Bibles or your little electronic gadget um, and look at Acts 1-8, you'll see that that's where Jesus tells his disciples, he says, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, uh, in Judea, and Samaria, until the ends of the earth. And, and that's really what we... That, that kind of sets the parameters uh, for the Engage 118. It's, it's a, a group of 14 families, um, and uh, we try to make provide opportunities to fulfill that mission, that we do it... We don't have a, a Jerusalem, but we have an Allen, and, and we don't have a Judea, but we have surrounding cities... And we don't have a Samaria, but we have the, the, our country, and we go around the world, and that's kind of what we want to be about doing. Because we believe that that when the kingdom, when we're participating in the mission of God, when our members are participating in the mission of God, that's what naturally happens. It just it just naturally happens this way. Okay. So the the Engage One Eight team is about trying to to help us fulfill that mission. Our our mission statement as a church is we seek those who need Christ, uh, we seek all those who need Christ and help them become his fully devoted followers. So that also sets some parameters. That means we're looking for all of those who need Christ. And we want to together to become his fully devoted followers. That's participating in the mission of God. It's God's mission. We just want to participate in it. So one of the things that that we want to do as as the Engage One Eight and some of the things that we think about is providing opportunities for you to see God. Because one of the things that the biblical text says, that Paul says, that one of the things that brings about transformation, and we want to be a group of people that are about transformation, when we want to see lives transformed, okay? And one of those things that, that brings about this transformation is when I see God. When I see God at working in the world, and boy, this is a chaotic world. Sometimes it's hard to see God working in the world. If you if you look at the news and we got the thing going on with Korea, and, and you kind of go, gosh, what's, what's going to happen? You know, they're pointing nukes over here, and we're wondering, we're sending ships, and, and you kind of go, gosh, what's going to happen? But see, as, as, as kingdom people, we know that God is working in the world, and He's going to work all that out so we don't have anything to worry about. Because you could do kingdom living, you can live your life in the kingdom of God under any government at any time, at any place, because it overrides all of those things. Okay? So we want to provide an opportunity for you to, to see God working in the in the bigger picture, but we also want to provide opportunities for, for you to see God in working in the details of your life. We we want you to know how God is working in you, how he is transforming you. And and we want you to know how, how your how you've begun to, to to the kingdom of God and knowing God has begun to shape your way of thinking. That you, you no longer get yourself all entangled in, in the fallen world, but, but what you begin to do is you begin to think about the kingdom of God. And you begin to understand God. And you begin to, to see what He's doing. And you can even begin to anticipate some of the things that He's going to do as you walk with Him daily. So we want to provide you with those opportunities where you can have those experiences and share those experiences together. And that's part of when we do the, our, our uh, mission trips. We want to provide resources for training and equipping and supporting so that as you go, as you experience God, as you see God working in your life, as you see God working in the world, and as you've, you've kind of changed how you think about things, because Paul also says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So those kind of things kind of work together. It's, it's not like it's one step, two step, like I see God and I change how I'm thinking, or I change how I'm thinking and I see God. They work together. It's an integrated process. The more I see God, the more I think differently. The more I understand God. The more I understand God, the more I see him. So it's really kind of neat. So we want to provide you with opportunities to do that. We want to train you. We want to equip you. We want to support you. And then we want you to come back together and gather people together and share together and celebrate together. And that's what we're doing this morning. I hope each of you are thinking about things that God has done in your life that you can remember and celebrate even if it's difficult, even in, in a difficult situation, we still celebrate God because we know and we're convinced that He's doing the good. And we can count on it. That's what kingdom people, that's how kingdom people do. And the engage one eight team being this group of people try to use those parameters to try to help this church experience and participate in the mission of God. One of the things that we know is, is that we know that healthy families make healthy churches. So all of this starts in the home. All of the, the uh, experiencing God and being able to see God should start right at home. We want our families, we want to have healthy, growing families, maturing families, maturing spiritually. And, and as we kind of look at that, we go, uh, you know, how, how are we going to know when that's happening? How are we going to know when, when, when our families are really participating in the mission of God? Well, I think one of the things that that you're going to see is you're going to see that growth. You're going to see healthy families. You're going to see families praying more together. You know, one of the things, if you you did a survey among Christians, families that pray together is less than 50%. Families that, outside of television, uh, or outside of just a, a prayer at a meal, very few of our Christian families actually sit down and pray together about specific things that are taking, that are going on in their life. That's crazy. You know, we need to be praying together, turn the television off, be at the table, share with one another what God is doing, how you've seen God, because when you do that as the family, then, then the kids catch We We used to use this expression um, uh, when we were doing mission training, when we were training people, we'd t- we called it seaplane. So, you know, I have a little granddaughter, she's five now, but when she was learning to to um, learning to talk, one of the things, she, she would come outside, she'd kind of waddle around, she'd grab my finger, and we'd walk down through the neighborhood, and, and we'd uh, live over in Murphy, and there would be this, a plane would go over, it's kind of, they, they uh, practice a lot of their little, um, little Cessnas, so they make a lot of noise coming over the house, Little little prop planes, and so I, I'd point up there and say, see the plane? And she'd kind of look up there, and, and she'd kind of drool on herself, you know, and she had no clue, what, you know, what was going on. There's all this other stuff in the sky. But, but me, as, as the grandfather, um, one of the things I wanted her to, to understand what a plane was, so I, I didn't give up. So I said, well, okay, uh, look, mate, 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 plane, and I'd say, plane, and we kept plane until one day, you know what she did? Plane, and I was just, yes, we did it. That's the way it is with seeing God. You see, you have to have an experience. You have to have somebody walking along with you. You do this in community, and, and you share with one another, and then you celebrate because, wow, well, we did it, and then we moved on to cars or whatever. I don't know, but, but it's fun, but that's kind of is how you do with God because we can't always see what God is doing. Sometimes it's hard, especially when we're the, this world of ours is so broken and our, our, the lenses that we look through have been, are, are so tainted and so skewed. One Another thing that we'll see, other than praying together, we'll see our families serving together. So we want to provide opportunities for you to serve with your families. We want, you, we want this to be a family project. Ministry is not about, it's not mom, it's not dad, it's not the kids. It's the family. Serve, ew, serving together and then sharing together. Praying together about the things that you're doing, the things that you see God doing, and sharing with one another. We'll also see that that our families, they'll be able to connect life with Scripture. You see, we're not just, just knowing the Word for the sake of knowing it, or, or to debate it, or tell somebody there's wrong, but what we, we know Scripture because we can connect life with it. A quick story. Uh, Corey, uh, most of you know, let me back up a little bit. Most of you know my dad uh, is in probably the middle stages of dementia. And um, he's... Uh, He's kind of in and out. It's, it's really, for me, it's been... I'm, I'm trying to figure out what God's teaching me through this experience because I, one of the things that, that I'm kind of going is, okay, why do we have to do this, God? I mean, why does this have to happen? Um, but Corey, my son, has always idolized uh, his grandfather. Uh, I, I don't know if any of you know anything about the military, but my dad was in the 80, 82nd Airborne Division. So he always... Uh, In my life was always the tough guy You know he kind of comes out of this experience Where you know You you don't cry in baseball Okay, There's no whining You just make it happen You pull it up by your bootstraps And you just make it happen and that's kind of the, the grandfather that Corey grew up with. Of course, Corey grew up in Brazil, but when we would come, and my dad would always, you know, tell him you'd be, you be tough, and don't you, don't you cry. And you know, Corey would sometimes he'd he'd be wanting to cry. He'd fall down. He'd want to cry, and he'd you'd see his little lip quiver. But he wasn't going to cry in front of my my dad. And my dad would tell these stories about him growing up, and they, they were always these kind of macho or bad guy stories about how he's, you know, he, he was he was the tough guy and. So Corey's always had this picture of him, and he hadn't seen him since he'd, he's kind of really declined over the past few months, and he hadn't seen it. Another thing that Corey's been blessed with is he's been blessed with a father like me that's told him all this stuff about Scripture. I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> Uh, but he has gone on retreats with me and where we've talked about kingdom living, and we tried to practice. We, we had a, 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 at least one meal together at home where we did exactly what I was describing, where we talked together. We talked about the day. We made new rules. We talked about Scripture. We talked about God. We talked about the church. Uh, so we did those kinds of things. And one of the things that happened to him, while he was here a couple of weekends ago, and he went to go see... Uh, my his grandfather with uh, Sharon. I wasn't able to go, and he shared this with Sharon, his mom, and said, "You know, wow. You know, Papa just really not Papa anymore. And you know, all of those things. My my dad's not a Christian. So as Corey looks at him, he goes you know, all the things that Papa talked about, and all the stories he told, and all the things he did.'" Now it really don't mean anything. He goes, it's just like Ecclesiastes said, isn't it? That's connecting life with Scripture. Because see, until he has some kind of experience to go with it, we can read books like Ecclesiastes or we can read different texts and we really don't know how the text plays itself out, how the Word becomes flesh, as John said. And so we want our families to know how the Word becomes flesh because if we know Scripture and we're doing life, they connect. They connect they connect. And it's transforming. It's very transformative. We'll also see that our families, their priorities will change. Our loyalties will change. Things that we thought were important will no longer be important. So our priorities will change. It's something that we'll, we'll be able to measure to see how well we're doing. Are we really providing you with the tools and the, the, the support that you need to be able to experience God and participate in His mission? Another thing that you'll see is that we will see that our families will will be filled with joy, be filled with peace, calm. Wouldn't that be nice? Calm, tranquil, less conflict, less chaos. You see, if we're participating in the mission of God, if, if we are about God's mission, then those things should happen. Even though the things are falling apart around us, internally we should have a sense of peace and a sense of calm about us. We should be able to, to interact in situations that are very chaotic, that are very very confusing, and, 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 and interact in those situations and be a calming agent in those situations. And our families, we want our families to be prepared to do that. We want to equip you to be able to do that with the people that God places in your life. You know, it starts in the home. And if we're participating in the mission of God, we'll be about sharing, remembering, and celebrating. So we'll see our families doing just that, and they'll be doing it together. As as we think about starting in the home, there's a natural progression to it moves across the street. It just doesn't stay at home the kingdom of god spreads so it spreads across the street and into the neighborhoods as we grow spiritually we will also grow numerically we'll fill this place have two or three four or five or six services because families will be coming here because there will be a this will be a healing place we'll have that calming effect people will be looking for the joy for the peace less chaos more calm our families will be transformed and our communities will be transformed. What a powerful message. What a powerful opportunity. Now, thinking about how this happens in the home, I was at uh, Jack Hodges. This is just one of the things that happened. A lot of people don't know what we're doing just locally. But uh, Jack Hodge, um, Jack and Laura Hodge, let's see who else is, Woody Dunlap, uh, the Ishmaels, several families meet with... Uh, Asian students that go to UTd and and what they do is uh, these Asian students want to learn English so they study the Bible with them. Great opportunity a great opportunity to begin to participate in the mission of God and gain some experience on how to make a disciple. So one of the things that we want to do is we want to expand this program we want to we want to invite anyone and everyone that wants to participate in, and we'll train you. We'll equip you to go spend an hour reading the Bible with another individual. So you go, we'll, we'll train you and equip you to do it. Then you go do it. Then you come back and we'll debrief. We'll say, how did it go? Did you see God? Did you see what God was doing? And these are highly intelligent uh, people. Most of them are, are, the ones that I met at Jack's house were all accountants. And I'm, I don't do numbers, so... Uh, but really a privilege to talk to him. And they're hungry for information. We were over there watching um, a, uh, The Passion because one of the things that Jack did was he invited him into his home because, you know, uh, The Passion, Easter, Christianity is part of American culture. So they were all interested in talking about um, uh, what was the cross, what's the meaning of the cross, uh, it's kind of like with the, where Caleb was talking about in, in the video where he says, you know, the, the Muslim lady, she knew about Christianity. You know, she kind of knew about it in her head. But when she experienced this, when she kind of got out and was doing this, it took on a whole different meaning. You see, so far too many of us, we, we come to church and, and, and we celebrate and, and we love God and, and, and we serve and we do these things but we're not doing it as intentional as we need to, to be able to see God, renew our minds, share together, celebrate together. Far too many churches, I want you to imagine with me something in your head. Imagine a big bag of marbles, a big Ziploc bag of marbles. That's, sometimes that's kind of how churches are. They're all like marbles. Marbles. How much contact do marbles have with each other? How much interaction do they have? They just kind of rub up against each other. They really don't, not a whole lot of connectedness. But picture the same Ziploc bag with some grapes. What does that look like? Have you ever gone to the store and you get grapes? This is y'all's part. Did you do that? Do y'all do that? Okay. I just want to make sure you're with me. I can do this in first service and I can understand they're tired, but this is second. You guys are supposed to be, you guys have the energy. So you got this big bag of grapes, okay? Grapes are connected and they ooze on each other. You know, marbles are kind of cold and they just kind of bang together, but they don't really do much. See, we want to be a church that's a a church of grapes. We're all connected, we're all sharing together, we're celebrating together, and sometimes we kind of ooze on each other. Maybe that's not a good word. <laughs> but you know what I mean. But don't you want to be in a place like that? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you want to come to a place like that where you're all connected and you see God, you're, you're confident that God is about his work? That's where I want to be. As it spreads in our communities, it can't help but spread across the country. So it just kind of keeps going. And then as it spreads across the country, churches are planted. Because as the, as the body grows, as as as, me, as people uh, take on Christ, as, as the kingdom expands, God raises up leaders. He raises up church planters. He raises up shepherds. He raises up ministry leaders. And they're all coming out of the family. One of the things I was excited about, about that little graph, and that's not all the people that have come through at Green Blokes that we've supported, but that, that was all I could get done in the amount of time that I had to to, after I thought about it. And I'm not a graphic guy, so it was this kind of thing takes me a long time. But um, all, of, all but two of those individuals all came from Greenville Oaks. They were all raised up here or had a contact here, a family member here. Isn't that exciting? So see, we're doing it. I mean, it's happening. We just need to increase it, and that's what we want to do this year. We want to, we want to have every member involved in some form where they're experiencing God, where they have an opportunity, whether it's going to UTD and, and, and having Bible studies with Asians, or whether it's participating with our, our, we have ESL right here on Wednesday nights. Now, they have their own curriculum. You, I don't, you, you can't really study the Bible that way, but boy, we could invite them outside of that and do that. And again, Engage 118, we'll, we'll equip you, train you, support you, send you out, and then debrief you after you're through. To make it the experience that you want, so you make sure that you're being able to see God and watch how your mind starts to th- think, how you start to think differently. So as it grows across the country, then it can't help but go around the world. And that's where we have the Becks in Rwanda and we have the Vances in Canada, and that's not enough. We want to have little Greenville Oaks places all over the place, all over the world, and that's what the Engage One Eight team. Is trying to help us do, help us accomplish. Um, one of the things that I think is important is that we need to be a place, and, and we're going to need your help to do it. As the engage one eight, we, we want to be a place where families can grow together. At the end of the day, we want to grow together. We want to be that those grapes. We want to we want to be able to to go in and be that that calm and that peace in that place, in that family where there's chaos. We, we want to go in to be able to have people that are equipped to go in and deal with conflict and deal with the diseases that are attacking our families because the families are being attacked. Our families right here at Greenville Oaks are being attacked. And we need families that are equipped to do it. And the Engage 1-8 team is about helping you have experiences that will equip you to, equip you to do that. We want every single person... Every single individual at Greenville Oaks to know that they have a significant role in participating in the the mission of God. To fulfilling that mission. Seek all who need Jesus and together become his fully devoted followers. That's what we're about. That's what we want to be about. That's our goal. We want to be a place where God raises up healthy moms, healthy dads, healthy ministry leaders, Healthy, church, healthy shepherds and healthy church planters. Good stuff, folks. But we have to participate in that. We have to join that. And things like Love Where You Live, the ESL, the UTD project, mission trips, all of those are opportunities that we have to walk alongside someone and be able to experience God. I'm going to ask Greg if he'll come up. And he'll talk about some, what some of the, our, our students are are doing we got a great bunch of students and i really appreciate greg's work with them
2: i just very quickly want to share how this has kind of played out in my life what galen's been talking about starting at home and then in our neighborhoods and then country and world but for me i grew up in a in a christian home and i was very blessed to have that experience and my family did pray together and we did eat meals together and we talked about faith now we probably didn't do it as much as some other families But I know from talking with my friends, we did it more than a lot of my friends and their families. And so it was a great foundation for me. But up until I was about 13 years old, it was about home and being a good person and going to church. And at 13, that changed because one of our youth volunteers at our church came and asked me and three of my middle school buddies, so four seventh grade guys, to come with him on a Sunday afternoon after church to another church and to help him out with some things. So we agreed to go and he took us after church in our nice dress clothes that we wore to church at that time and he took us to a park in a rec center just north of downtown Houston to the Impact Church of Christ. And when I got there, people were sharing a meal together and what I noticed was the people that were there weren't dressed like the people at my church. And the people that were there didn't look like the people at my church. And they didn't smell and they didn't act and they didn't talk like the people at my church. They were very different, but they were there for the same reason. And so after a few minutes, we got to eat with some people that were different than us. And after we ate, they had the adults go one direction and the kids go another direction. And we went with our youth leader who was leading the kids' portion of the worship service that morning, the children's church. And we got to do puppets, and we got to sing a couple of songs and just watch and have this experience together. And it was really cool, and we loved it. And we asked him, can we come back again? And he said, well, actually, I'm doing this all month long, so y'all can come back with me all month if you want. So we did. We went four straight weeks down to Impact and did puppets and sang songs. And about six months later, we did it again. And before I know it, our church was involved in serving meals. And several trips back through middle school and high school and even college So when I became a youth minister, the first trip that I did was to take a group from our church in Arlington, a youth group, down to Houston, to the Impact Church, and to do a vacation Bible school there with several kids um, who were a part of that summer program. And it's been really neat to see from when I was 13 and they were meeting in this rec center at this park. now, where it takes up a couple of blocks and has its own campus basically and the thousands of people that they serve each year with food and with just showers for homeless people and a summer program for kids that's amazing. And about 10 to 15 years ago, what many of you probably don't know is that Greenville Oaks, that was one of Greenville Oaks' first mission points for this church was to go down there and work with the Impact Church in Houston. Well, this summer, we're gonna go back. We're gonna take a group of, middle school and high school students, of parents and families, and we're gonna go down there and we're gonna work with their vacation Bible school. For six weeks this summer, Impact is going to have a vacation Bible school and it's gonna reach kids, some of them are churched, but most of, them, most of them are not. And we'll be in one building with about 300 to 350 children kindergarten through sixth grade doing a vacation Bible school. Some of you have done vacation Bible schools before, and you know that's a lot of kids in one place. And what's really cool about it is there's another building across the street where there'll be 200 to 250. There will be 500 to 600 kids getting to learn and experience the love of Jesus through this vacation Bible school program this summer. And we get to be a part of that. And what I want to encourage you to do, if you're, if you're a family with even older elementary kids and you're interested in going, I want you to think about going with us. There are three things really that I want to call you to this morning that I want to challenge you to. Three, three things that Chris kind of talked about at the beginning. The first is prayer. I want to ask all of us to commit to praying, not only for this trip, but for all of our trips, for all of our missionaries, for all of our mission efforts, whether it's local. And it may, for you, need to start with prayers for your home, that your home will be an embassy for us as ambassadors of Jesus. But I want to ask you to commit to prayer. Second thing I want to ask you to to do is to consider your participation in one of these mission trips, whether it's local or somewhere else in the world. I had a dad, I was walking down the hall after first service, I had a dad walk up to me and he said, what are the dates of that trip? I said, July 20th through 26th. He said, put our family of five down. Great. They bought into it. They're coming with us. Some of you don't have a week to give up to go out of town. There are plenty of mission efforts right here in Allen, in Dallas, in this area. We'll we'll help you find those. We want you to consider your participation in these mission events, but in the overall mission of God, of what God is doing. And the last thing I wanna ask you to consider is being a part of provision. It takes money. It takes resources to help us pull these trips off and to help make these things happen. And so we need your help in providing for students and adults and families and people that want to be a part of these trips, but also for the things that we want to do around this area and throughout the world. So I want you to pray over the next couple of weeks about how you can be a part of these things with your own life, with your money, with your resources. God's mission is taking place around us, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our community, in our nation, throughout the world. I want to ask you to jump in. Let's jump in together to see it and to be a part of the mission of God and what he's doing in our world today.